last question I I want to ask is um how emotional is this for you? Um well there's a array of emotions mm-hmm. uh, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Um you know someone posted a picture of a child uh on a public Facebook page back in the fall of 2020 and they thought it was my son. It wasn't my son, but they thought it was. Mm-hmm. And they said, this is Jen Stevens' son, and we need to retaliate against this child. And it just, that is unbelievable. And, you know, I just want this on the record because if someone does come after my son, then I I want you to know that this happened. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be this hard to be a mommy. It shouldn't be this hard to be a mommy. I really look forward to the day where I can go back to just my three buckets. Welcome to the Eans Parents United podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Silva. Join me for meaningful conversations and timely information about Eans School District. It's past, present, and where we hope, for the good of our children, it's heading. If you're a parent that feels unsatisfied with being passive, and perhaps your educational expectations are not being met, or that the school is exposing your child to ideas you don't agree with, you can get involved. If you enjoy the direction the school curriculum is moving and the new initiatives are to your liking, you can get involved too. On this episode, we are going to tell you how to get involved to influence the educational outcomes we can all unite behind for our kids. The country has experienced a nationwide awakening during the pandemic as parents were forced to squeeze into front row Zoom desks in the virtual classroom. It's a good thing because there's no way in hell I could fit in any of those desks any longer. This awakening has spurred an unprecedented level of curiosity and engagement by parents. But this new level of parental engagement has greatly annoyed academic institutions their leaders, and the educational-industrial complex nationwide as a whole, which for decades has been left alone to formulate their own goals and curriculums with only a light touch in parental involvement until now. The independent heritage and legacy of Westlake and the Eanes community, as established in my previous episodes, combined with a don't-mess-with-Texas attitude, has brought a lot of mama and daddy bears out of the thick cedars and into the board meetings, classrooms, onto social media platforms, and even our podcast here. EISD administrators, leadership, and our board of trustees have been overwhelmed into a form of uh, silent paralysis by activated parents that all believe they're fighting for their children's best interest. And they're right. Parents want a say in the development of the curriculum. There is no expectation that because Westlake High School has a 99% college entrance record on average and a 100% record for minorities, that all is well. Parents want to understand what social and moral values the school district is teaching their children side by side with reading, writing, and arithmetic. Parents have a right to question everything and anything that a teacher puts in front of their children 
or that the school might make accessible to our kids. Nobody will argue against that point. So you would think. The temperature has risen so high here in Westlake that school board meetings are starting to look like political rallies, with parents lining up on opposite sides of the room, some wearing stickers to pledge their allegiance or prove that they have the moral high ground. Civility is quickly eroding, and there is little appetite for discussion because all sides are hunkered down. At some level, we should all be a little embarrassed for ourselves and each other. This podcast is my attempt at opening a dialogue between all parents and the EISD leadership and teachers. We're not going to solve anything unless we all pull on the same rope. At any level, it is a collective failure, no matter what side you may stand, when our superintendent, Tom Leonard, was forced into early retirement. Whether you welcome this fact or not, it's a failure for all of us. It's a failure for our kids, and we must fix it. So that brings us to this podcast. How do we fix it? And how do you play a part in fixing it together? We will hear from different parents that each have a unique perspective on why they are getting involved now and what initiatives they are championing in order to influence educational excellence. Some of what you will learn may be a little bit shocking, and some of what you hear may make you a little uncomfortable. Some of it's going to make you angry, maybe even a little sad, and maybe ultimately you will be compelled to get involved. I don't have all the answers. I'm just the host. Today, my guest is Jen Stevens. Jen is a mother and a very active leader in our community. Jen is the founder of Ean's Kids First and an entrepreneur and business owner here in Westlake for many years. Well, tell, tell us um, a little bit about Ean's Kids First. Uh, I know it as another parent. It got my attention just within, I think, the last couple years. I think maybe it's only been a year or so since you really formalized it, maybe a little bit longer. I'm probably wrong on that. And I've seen your mission and your purpose really come into focus uh, this last year. And as a result, there's been a lot of progress. So just take us through what is... What are you doing at Ean's Kids First? Yeah, thank you. So, um, well, uh, I started Ean's Kids First. I was emailing with a group of friends through the summer of 2020. And, um, you know, just surely we're going to go back to school and what's going to be the plan. And Waiting for the pandemic to right, run its course. Right. And um, going to other school districts' websites, asking my friends who are teachers, hey, what have you, you know, heard or seen? And you know, Eanes was promoting this this reimagined education plan, which, you know, I wasn't I wasn't cool with reimagining education. I wasn't going to reimagine anything. I wanted my kids back in school and the kids had to be back in school. And um, and so I was pretty, you know, pretty focused on that. So I was emailing with a group of friends and we were just sharing information of what we were able to find and see in here. But the the uniformly, none of us were able to get a straight answer out of Eanes that was, you know, definitively going back to school. And so, um, you know, <laughs> I was on I was on vacation down in Florida, actually, at the beach and, you know, telling my husband, like, surely we're going to go back to school. I, I like it, it, I couldn't wrap my head around the idea that anybody wouldn't want to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went on to like, a, I don't even remember what it was, but like a 
Westlake parent Facebook group or something like that. And I said, you know, what's the plan? Like, we got to go back to school. And, you know, all these people started attacking me. Like, you know, you're horrible. You want teachers to die. You want this. You want that. And, you know, I don't want anybody to die. I just want my kid to go to school. And, um, and it was just, it was ridiculous. And so I, I, you know, go to bed. I wake up the next day. I've been kicked off the Facebook group. And uh, so I, I go out. Because to, you were advocating to return to school. Now, because this, I, is, this yeah. is the spring of 2020. This is summer 2020. Summer 2020. So we're, we're approaching the new school year. Correct. We've already been through shutdowns. Correct. And some of the science was getting out there. People were starting to understand the disease. Correct. The vaccines were We knew children and, were not. And children were not affected. Correct. So, okay, go Correct. Ahead. We knew they weren't in carriers okay. and, and we knew yeah, we, they I weren't remember. infected. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you the genesis of the motivation. I mean, there was a lot of genesis for the motivation. But one of the things that really struck me is in May of 2020, um, during the lockdowns, um, a friend of my brother's, his 13-year-old son committed suicide. And he left a note and 100 percent blamed the lockdowns from COVID. And it really was... I mean, I just, you know, my heart aches just saying it now, even, you know, it really was just a a stop moment, you know, in our lives, because this is a kid in a family just surrounded by joy and lots of kids and, and, you know, a church community, a football community, the the little boy played football and, um, you know, all of a sudden he's gone. And um, it just hit me immediately if if that could happen to him, it, it's going to happen to any other kid. You know, I mean, this is a kid who had every resource to, quote, be OK. The kids are going to yeah. be OK. We kept being told. And it really just hit me. And that's when I was that's when in my head I'm like, OK, this has to stop. You know, this, at some point we're going to have to put these kids back in school. So I really started getting interested, you know, once once um, Hayden, you know, committed suicide. And and we learned about that. So anyway, going into the summer, I got very interested. I couldn't get any information. What I was getting didn't make sense to me. So I get kicked off this parent Facebook group. um, And uh, I went out for a run just trying to get my head straight. And halfway through my run, I'm just like, no one is putting the kids first. This is all about like, oh, teachers might die or whatever. No one's putting the kids first. And so I literally just stopped mid-run. And I'm like, you know what we need to do? We need to put the Eans kids first. And so I did, you know, because I have a marketing and PR background, you know, I just stopped mid-run. I grabbed the web domain. I grabbed the social Mm -hmm. handles. Mm -hmm. I emailed my graphic designer. I said, I need a graphic design. You know, I want it to be red, white, and blue. And, um, and I'm going to, I'm just going to start a Facebook group of my own. And so Eans Kids First started as a Facebook group. And the idea was pretty simple. If you wanted to share information mm-hmm. about kids in learning, in school learning, then we were the place for you. And so what I said from the beginning was, if you don't support it, that's totally fine, right? I, contrary to maybe what others in the community have said about mm-hmm. me, the truth is, I'm, I'm very much a you do you and I'll do me kind of person. And so if you don't want your kids to go to school, that's totally fine. Your decision. But I need my kids to go to school and they have a right to go to school and we're going to open the schools. So I just said this Facebook group is for information sharing about going back to school. First, I did not make the page private. I literally didn't realize it would even be a controversial idea. I thought, why couldn't we just have a second Facebook group that supports in-school learning if we've got one that's advocating that, quote, everyone's going to die if we open the schools? So I started the group. I didn't make it private. 
Uh, within a week, I had 1,200 people on it, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was like whack-a-mole all of a sudden. I was yeah. having to set my alarm for 4 and 5 in the morning just to get up and try to, mm-hmm. you know, manage and curate and make sure nobody was being, you know, I, yeah. I, I, fine to disagree, but let's not be, you know, yeah. defamatory or whatever that right word is. And, yeah. you know, just trying to keep it clean. And then about a week or two into it, um, a woman reached out to me from another community, and she said, hey, I just want to warn you. Um, I did something similar in my community, and I've been attacked. My home's been attacked. My children have been attacked. And you need to turn your page to a private Facebook group and block access before you really get attacked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I went You're in, and that's— stumbling through yeah, the emotions. I'm and just the... a mom trying to make sure my kids can yeah. go back to school, you know. Yeah. And so anyway, I made the page private, and um, but not before, the, not before the bad guys got in because yeah. I have been— repeatedly attacked for two years. But um, anyway, that's how it started. And our singular focus at that point was in-school learning for those who chose. Mm -hmm. We didn't say everybody had to go, but we said for the families and the children who Mm -hmm. choose, we want in-school learning, period, end of story. We very quickly learned that the district did not have the PPE for teachers. Mm -hmm. Uh, They should have. This is a total lack of leadership by our board yet again. Mm -hmm. Um, But we didn't. We didn't have the PPE that our teachers needed. And so I started hearing from teachers, um, you know, we, we don't, need, we don't, have, we don't the, have it. We need masks. We need desk shields. We need sanitizer. We need gloves, you, whatever. You stepped up. So I stepped up. A, a lot of people stepped up, frankly, and the Rotary stepped up. We mm-hmm. partnered. Uh, we raised over $60,000. We put every single desk shield, you know, mask, gloves. I had supplies across my living room floor and, you know, I was masked up and gloved mm-hmm. up and bagging them up and dividing them out and my husband and you know, my kids and I are delivering them to different schools and, you know, whatever anybody, you know, a teacher sent me a note, I need a microwave. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the cafeteria. I bought a microwave, got it to the teacher. Anything anybody asked us for, I didn't yeah. want there to be an obstacle to the in-school learning. And so we solved the problem when the board didn't. And, and we pushed hard and we got schools open. And um, you you glossed over, uh, you know, relatively quickly on a on a on something I want to just get into a little bit more with you. And I know why you glossed over it, because most uh, mommies would. To me, it sounds really uh, what pulled you in was it's an emotional response. At the end of the day, your mommy, we're parents, right? And what we're trying to do on the podcast is get parents talking. And I I think we forget that we are mommies and daddies first, maybe spouses second, and, you know, uncles and aunts distant third and fourth. And you run businesses. I run businesses. So you're a mommy first. You had an emotional response of you were your your children are at home, uh, they're they're caught in this tension and this uncertainty, and you saw a way as a mommy to create some certainty for your kids at the same time of creating a lot of other certainty uh, for other children and their families too. Why do you think that uh, was rejected? What was um, you know not, not getting too political, but the other mommies and daddies, why, why do you feel that was rejected looking back now a year or so later? Gosh, you know, that's a great question. Um, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that someone doesn't believe another person has the right to do what's best for themselves and their children. Because but, I but do you so think it's fundamentally rights? believe it. Do you think it's rights or do you think it's fear? I, I think it was a mix. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that my uh, there's a few things, right? So one, I think there was a strong political push mm-hmm. um, toward 
anything to shut down anybody who didn't get lockstep in line with the lockdowns. There was a strong political shove. And so I do I do think politics plays a role in this Mm -hmm. from that perspective. So I think the rejection came from a political place Mm -hmm. for some. I think it came from a place of fear. For some, and I think you know because pe- yours yours came from fear too. Let's be well, honest. Of co- yeah, of course. You were afraid. Absolutely, right? absolutely. But I think what happened is you know people were like, oh my gosh, if she's able able to open the school, are they going to force my kid to go if I don't want him to go? Mm-hmm. And you know, and and you know, I never I never said that, and I and I would never say that. Um, but I but I can understand where maybe if somebody had that fear, maybe that's where it was coming from. Well, so were, I think well, you were feeling that you were forced to keep your kids at home. That's right. And so you could understand. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, so I think politics, I think fear. And then I think the third is, you know, there's a there's a tribe mentality. And, you know, mm-hmm. what I love about the Westlake community is the camaraderie. You know, you go to the Westlake game and everyone's in the Westlake colors and the T-shirts and mm-hmm. everybody wants to, you know, get along and, and be connected and be a part that's great. I think the problem is um, when you reach group think. And I think you have a lot of people in this community that were scared to put their hand up, scared to put their head up. They were unsure, really, right? What am I hearing on the news? I don't know. And then I look up in my community and there's this rift beginning to form. I just don't want to do anything at all. And so I think some of the pushback came from people that are like, can't you just be quiet? Can't you just put your head down? It'll pass eventually. Um, move along. Move along. To see here. Let it go, Just, Jen. We got it. Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. You know, take a breath. Your kids will go back eventually. Whatever. Um, but anybody that would think that about me doesn't know me very well. Yeah. So. yeah. This is. Uh, it's not from a place of fight the man, is it? No, I'm. For you. To be honest, I'm. For you. I'm kind of uninterested in the man in yeah. a normal environment. Yeah. You know, I'm not really a fight you know the man I mean. kind of I mean, gal. But you, you know, you know, uh, fight the power. No, that's not where it's coming from. Because I, I think someone feel that about you. You're just. Some people are are built to just resist things. Right. And people might think that you're just resisting it for the sport. No. Yeah. No. I mean, actually, you know, my life is. I'm a mom first. Mm-hmm. Deeply deeply busy in my kids, my business, you know, and my husband and I run everything together and we're a very close knit mm-hmm. and I spend a lot of time in three buckets, my family, my work and my volunteerism. Mm-hmm. And I volunteer on a number of community boards and I have for years. And when I join a board, I go all in. I try to raise them, put my time, talent and treasure to work for the organization. I'm not interested in another bucket. Those are my buckets. Mm-hmm. And I now am in another bucket in this, I guess I would call it community advocacy bucket mm-hmm. that I didn't really ever even intend to be in. So, no, I'm not interested in, quote, fighting the man. I'm not interested in being sort of combative for the sake of being combative. But I'm also completely unwilling to— be conformist. S- that would never happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're unconforming. That I am unconforming. Yeah. And uh, so at the same time, you have received a lot of rejection, appropriate or not, it's happened. And you've also got a lot of support. Yeah, it's been fascinating. And so what have you, um, what have you learned from the community through the support that you didn't know beforehand? In, in the same way that you learned a lot about the community that was rejecting you, uh, you talked about that just a moment ago. What, what, are, what are some of the things that you just – 
you know, uh, we, we talk in the podcast a lot about the how special the community is out here, and we're we're over here. And what have you what is what has blown your mind? Well, what I've learned a few things. I mean, I've learned a lot, but mm. I've certainly learned who my friends are. Um, mm. I learned how to weather my home address being published, threats against mm. my children, cancel threats. Culture. Of, oh yeah, threats mm. against my business, lies about my business, lies about me. Um, but but what I've learned is. You know, this community does love and care about each other, but going back to the keeping the head down, Mm -hmm. this is a community, what I've learned is this is a community that they don't want to rock the boat. And so I think you've got a really kind of fever pitch narrative being driven on the other side by, I would say, a very loud, vocal, less than 300 people. Mm Right. and I think there's a very large, call it 85, 90% of this community that just don't want to get pulled either way. They just want to live their lives, run their businesses, and see their kids go to great schools. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And that's the bucket I used to be in. The problem is I now know too much. I started peeling that mm-hmm. onion in this school district, yeah. and I now know too much to think that my kids are going to really great schools. Yeah. I think my kids are going to good schools that can be great again with leadership they were once great and they were once great mm-hmm. and we got to push and focus and not keep our head in the sand right and mm-hmm. and and step up and say we can be great again let's work together i do think this community agrees on i would call it 85 to even 90% of all the issues yeah. and that's been that's been fascinating yeah so now we're a year uh, since the start of Ean's kids first and as I mentioned, you're really laser, you're really focused now. And I've uh, seen as an outside observer, a lot of different groups form, many under the same pretense that you have. Very, cons- I think everyone is formed being concerned parents. Whatever, whatever they're behind, whether you agree with it or not, it's their mommies and daddies and they're, they're responding and getting involved. And I've seen them kind of specialize now a little bit where I think uh, a year ago they were just Anything they could touch and affect, <laughs> they were going after. And I think right. you were doing that too. You started with PPE. You're not dealing with PPE now, obviously. Right. That's not in vogue anymore. Where are you super focused uh, in Ian's Kids First? What are you doing? Yeah. So the the focus has, it's gelled. It's shifted and, mm-hmm. and really found its Don't footing. say paradigm shift. We can't say that word on this podcast. <laughs> can't stand that okay, word. Or new normal. No. Oh, no. no that's we're not, not allowed in my, okay. in my vocabulary. Right. But we found, our, we found our focus and we found where we needed to be. And so we evolved out of the PPE. We got schools open. The kids got to go back. For the most part, the kids that, you know, went back had a good experience. My kids, in any way, had a good experience, you know. So have mine. Um, Thank you. You know, um, you're welcome. Pushed and pushed. And um, so anyway, but but then we began to realize, okay, we do have some other issues here, like I said, at The Onion, you know. And so we've got a huge budget challenge, and we got a board that pretends we don't. And we've mm. got We've got, you know, DEI and the mm-hmm. integration of the DEI into the school district, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I always say if you're a supporter of DEI, you should be absolutely disgusted at the way this school district has handled DEI. And so we've got that as a big issue. Mm-hmm. And then we just have kind of a general third issue, which is parental rights. Uh, yeah. And we've got an attack, I would say, an attack on the parent-child relationship and the sanctity of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we got to be careful because that mm-hmm. door has been 
you know, ticked open yeah. just a little, and and that door needs to close tight. So so that's that's my area of focus. But I want to say this because people will say, well, I see things on Eats Kids First, and so and so put posted this, or so and so posted that. And here's the thing: I believe in free speech. So I, even if I don't agree with you, I absolutely believe in your right to say what you believe, right? So on Ian's Kids First, unless it is, um, you know, rude, combative, vulgar, whatever, uh, or if I just miss it, um, I take those comments down. Now, I leave up comments that I don't agree with Mm -hmm. because I don't believe in censorship. Mm -hmm. So I leave up comments I don't believe in. Uh, believe with myself personally if I think that they're from a constructive place. But that's the that's the general focus of where we're headed as Ian's Kids First. Ian's Kids First is now 501c4, uh, and we are raising dollars. Those dollars are being used to do things like this podcast to bring communication to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our community cannot rely on the news media and certainly shouldn't rely on various Facebook groups only mm-hmm. to get the information. Um, and so we're going to bring we're going to bring good information mm-hmm. to the community. We're going to do it in a number of communication ways. The mm-hmm. podcast is just one. Mm-hmm. Lots of other efforts will be launching. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we've had to fund some lawsuits. We've had we've had some mm-hmm. stuff going on, and we've had to handle mm-hmm. that too. So so that's our area of so, focus now. So three areas: budget, which sounds like it's a brewing matter. Um, I'm curious about that. The Concerns around DEI and the um, shift in the mission, yes, the educational mission of the school, and then the um, third one was um, parental rights. So uh, let's get into those a little bit sure. before we do. In in fairness to you and and full disclosure to the listeners, as I've observed as a parent, I thought there was a place of communication missing, a platform like this, and I approached you. And I told you what I had in mind. And your immediate response was, if it does anything to get parents talking and talking about the issues in a civil way, in an open way, I'm in. Just yeah. like that. There was no hesitation. There was no uh, politicizing of it or steering or, or you know, torturing of the concept. You were, you were right there from the beginning. And, and the, communica- the community appreciates you for doing that. So let's, um, let's, let's jump into these things just a little bit. Sure. But before we do, you talk about pulling back the onion. Are there, is the onion you're talking about uh, that awakening that a lot of parents got when their kids were at home, remote learning, and you started to see some of the things that they were doing? Is that where some of it started? Yeah, I think I think there's a kind of there's there's layers to the onion. Mm-hmm. So I think is that part, one of them? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think par- part of it is what parents started to see that their children were you know learning or not learning, and parents were reaching out to you. And parents are reaching mm-hmm. teachers, teachers, frankly. Teachers. Uh, yeah. It, you know, oh, honestly, I would have to remember, but I almost want to say I began to hear from teachers before I began to hear from parents. What were um, they saying? What kind just of a lot of saying? concern for the politis, politis, politicism. Yes, politicism, that they were being encouraged to, to push or promote. Mm-hmm. Teachers that were scared if they didn't do it or didn't do it enough. I had a teacher reach out to me and tell me that, they had a complaint filed against them by a student for something, and they said the situation was bogus, but the student was of the opposite political party and very uh, active mm-hmm. sort of in their political views, and mm-hmm. they felt like it was a political retaliation yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of teachers reach out to me. They don't trust this administration. They don't like the administration. Mm-hmm. A lot of discord between the teachers and the administration. So just a lot of issues like that. So teachers it was really, very, really spurred you it was to interesting. move off of PPE. Or yes. To, or to add to the PPE problem, 
this 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 issue this bigger issue and then oh, but but then parents reaching out too and two two you know concerns one what they were seeing and or not seeing their kids learning um, and then you know two just what is this DEI where did it come from and you know to be honest it wasn't fully on my radar because I was so focused on getting the kids back in school mm-hmm. and getting the schools open and keeping them open and making sure they didn't re you know, try to shut down after the holidays, you know, and that sort of thing. I was so, so, so laser focused there for a good six months that that the DEI stuff was not really on my radar in a big Mm -hmm. way. I had looked at it a little bit. I had asked some people, what is this? I don't understand it. Can you explain it? Some of my friends that were in support of it, I'm asking them. Some of my friends opposed, I'm asking them. So those issues too. So they really kind of, you know, those issues really evolved on my radar as, as the kind of, you know, problem solve yeah. one, and here came yeah. the next one, kind yeah. of thing. I, I have a curiosity about it as well. When the pandemic was in this time of uncertainty, you're right. It sort of found its way into the dialogue. Well, it snuck its way in. Snuck its way. It in. snuck its way in, and it didn't come from. It didn't come from means. This is not a homegrown. This is a problem. This is a solution looking for a problem. Is what it is. Yeah. And um. And you know, it's a. I probably shouldn't cuss on your podcast. You can but you can cuss. It, it's, this is a bullshit deal. Mm-hmm. It, you know, this is a this is this is not a real deal. And so, you know, in 2020, uh, when our board should have been laser focused on absolutely nothing, but what what are we going to do to make up the education loss we've already seen over yeah. the over the school year because of the pandemic? Zero focus there, mm-hmm. none. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to support our teachers? My goodness, what we were asking our teachers to do: two jobs, teach online, all these things. What are we going to do to support them? Nothing there, no conversation there. Um, what are we going to do about getting back in school? They pretended they had a conversation and a plan about it. They didn't. They didn't have a plan. Their mm-hmm. plan was for us to reimagine education. Their plan was for us to stay home. So w- during all of this. Right. Summer of 2020, where they should have been focused. Instead, you've got a small group of people shoving this political agenda onto our district. And our our school board hires this consultant. They hired him in July of 2020 at the July board meeting. Uh, They didn't go for bid. This is what I mean when I say if you support DEI, you should be appalled. This is what I mean, because, Aaron, you own businesses. I own businesses. If something is a priority to your business. What do you do? You do research. Where do I get the best information? Mm-hmm. What am I trying to achieve? How will I measure progress toward goal? Yeah. Right? How am I going to hold myself and my yeah. team accountable toward reaching these goals? Yeah. That's what you do yeah. with a priority project. Yeah. This school board still to this day cannot tell you what they are trying to achieve. Yeah. So let's split this apart a little bit. Um, I know there's a um, a controversy or concerns in the process and mechanics of how it's getting done, which we don't like and parents don't like and some parents are fine with and some parents don't don't give a shit, I swear to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm with you as a, as a business owner. Uh, you know, you don't make an investment in something unless you know what you're investing in. The outcomes are measurable. Uh, you you can you can you know you're going to fail, and there's a probability that you can get back up from it and continue it on. It doesn't impact the rest of the business greatly, or you can isolate and measure the impact, the limited impact it might have if you if you do these things. And that's I think uh, in getting to know you, that's I think one of your biggest frustrations I find interesting is. This is Westlake High School. This that's is right. EISD. We don't, I've said in a previous podcast, we don't build a football team to 
you know, maybe make the playoffs. We don't, uh, you know, teach kids a business class. We build a freaking incubator. That's right. We, we build a, a robotics lab. That's right. We go all the way. That's right. And so I've heard you, and I expressed this here, if, if, let's assume the DEI is right. Okay, let's just suspend our disbelief about what it is. Let's pretend, let's act as if it's right and real. Your issue is why aren't we doing it big? Well, if it's and why right, aren't we if doing it's it right, at the level of Westlake standards. Absolutely, if it's right, if it's real, if it's critical to our children, and critical to their future success. Why did we hire the first dude that came our way? Why didn't we go out to bid? Why didn't we turn to our own community? This is a community of innovators, entrepreneurs, and problem solvers. Some of the best in Texas. Some of the best in the world. In the world. Yeah. In the world live in this community. There are DEI consultants who live in this community. Why didn't we reach out to this community and say, we have a problem. This is what we want to solve. And how do we go about it? And who is the best in the world to help us achieve success? We didn't do that. We took the first dude that came our way that got shoved onto the board by a small group of people, Mm -hmm. some of whom do not even live in Eanes and do not have children in Eanes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we just are. They don't have standing. They have no standing. Mm -hmm. And, 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 And one of them is a political hack working in the Biden White House. And guess what? That's fine. But why is she shoving an agenda on my school district that is anything less than excellence? Yeah. Well, let's let's say let's agree that outsiders that don't have standing did shove it into the community in partnership but, with some in the community. Okay, and let's let's not assume that um, no one was doing anything about it or not talking about it. But they weren't. The objection I hear a lot of parents say, the objection is they weren't doing it in the open. We we weren't having an engagement, uh, or shouldn't they have waited to have that engagement until a more appropriate time where we were not worrying about getting kids back to school the pandemic? Well, that's and exactly so, right. And so since the timing the timing um, appears suspicious, right, that it's it's happening, that's why some of us think they're sneaking it in. While others might think, well, they it was their mission to do it. They should be doing it, and they shouldn't stop moving it forward just because of a pandemic. Whatever the motivations were and the timing, it still wasn't done big, and there wasn't engagement. And so this is where I think we're believing that the school is breaching into the responsibilities of the parents, which touches on your parental rights concern, correct? That's right. They're breaching, and they're trying to deal with things that really are exclusive and a sanctuary for the parents to do between their kids. Yeah, there's so much of what if you it's just to said. Be, if it's to be done. If it's even to be done. But I think the key point is, if it is to be done, then do it right. Do it right or don't do it at all. Do it we Westlake we did style. it. We do it Westlake style. We, this board did it in secret. They did it with a small group of people pushing it. They didn't do it with community engagement. And they did it at the exact wrong 
time because we were in the middle of a pandemic. Our teachers needed support. They weren't getting it. Our kids needed support. They weren't getting it. Our kids have still fallen behind. We're now slipped by four years worth of progress toward uh, testing. And our kids, our kids are slipping. And this board is not doing anything about it. And they weren't doing anything about it then. Why did they do it in the summer of 2020? They did it as a reaction, I think. I think it was brewing for a while. That's exactly, that's right. And God forbid, you know, that they simply have the courage to say, you know what, we hear you. Maybe this is something we need to look at, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. So we're going to deal with that first. We're going to get our teachers and our kids what they need. And then we'll have a discussion the right way, the Westlake way, on whether or not we need to do this. But but that didn't happen. And so here we are. So as entrepreneurs, we'll go back to kind of the business model, how our minds think. And uh, so this business idea, if it were a business idea to come to bring this into the schools, came from an outside. But it wasn't a are, – are we aware at any level that there's a quantifiable demand in our community? No. Are there – are we aware of uh, measurable great harm that's happening to children? No. Are, is there Is there – Children, um, certainly there are problems. Every community has issues. But where is it? Is there anything coming from inside the community that's motiv- motivating this that you're aware of that no. is you can point to? No. Could they point to it? No. I mean, maybe you don't know. I mean, no. you don't know everything. I mean, do, I, don't, I don't know everything, but I. About but what I'm, goes I'm on inside of a school? Moderately, moderately. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, could, could I bring an administrator and sit them here and they say, well, Jen doesn't know that. These things have been happening well, but, and it's become a but problem. Here, well, here's what they will tell you. Here's what they will tell you. Because I've, I've asked, right? I met with Dr. Leonard, Dr. Arnett, and John Havenstreit uh, in May of 2021 after the election. For this reason. It wasn't just in passing. This reason and others. I mean, the first meeting I said, hey, you guys have been ripping my head off for 18 months and none of us have ever actually met. I thought you might just want to know who I am. Yeah. Call so me you, crazy. Uh, you wanted to have a, yeah. a business meeting. Call me crazy. Um, 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 yeah. um, but in the meeting that we had where we discussed, you know, DEI, I said, you know, what? where is the problem? All they can point to, all they ever point to is anecdotal stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was this one time this one kid did this. 20 oh, years ago. there was one time where we heard this happen. Oh, we've heard from these students that somebody said this. There's no there's no groundswell of community calling for this. Mm-hmm. There's no research that's been done to document systematic problems in any way. Has there been a, even a survey? There's been no survey of the children. I've asked the of the parents. Of the parents. I mean, we we did a we did two COVID surveys. Don't get me started on that. But um, you know, but COVID will be but, over by the time this broad this broadcast. Exact, so we can don't, exactly. don't waste time. So, but but we've never done a survey. You know, I I said to the board at the last board meeting, if you're so sure DEI is such a good thing to do and that the parents want to see it done, then simply send it out and make it an opt in and see how many people opt in. They're not going to do that because they know that this community, like I said, you got that 85 percent that keep their head down, but they know that 85 percent don't agree. Mm-hmm. What would be the objection to parents learning about this? Do you think there would be an objection trying to understand what the DEI is? You know, I hope not. I hope there's not an objection. I'm trying to, like I said, when it first came out and I was trying to just understand what it was, I was having lunch and coffees and stuff and asking friends. 
I'm still gathering information. There's two parents uh, out of Virginia, both are Democrats, both are minorities, who are absolutely opposed to DEI mm-hmm. and this movement. Um, I reached out to them. I've had phone calls with them. I've invited them to do a webinar, uh, on the which will will publish on the Eans Kids First website. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still trying to information gather. I'm not saying that there are not ways what we can all learn and maybe do better. I'm just saying don't shove this in the secret by a small group of people, some of whom have no standing in my community. Do not shove something down our throat by the first guy that comes our way. No bid, no measures of success. You're speaking no, of Dr. Gooden. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got a New Yorker. We don't need we need to do things the Westlake way, not the New York way. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, Jen, you are probably one of the most um, you know, educated or informed people in the community about uh, the DEI program. And you still aren't clear on what it is. As a parent, as a mommy, you're still not clear yep. on what it is. Do you have any objective understanding of how, if we rolled out what you understand is supposed to be rolled out, do you have any understanding of how it would benefit your daughter when she moves out of high school? No. Is, is it is it going to get her into college? No. Is it going to get her into a job? No. Is it going to make her qualified for scholarship? No. No. And, and you know, you asked a minute ago about, you know, kind of diving in and, and understanding the issues and the onion and yeah. all that. One of the biggest problems that I have with this school district and the school board is they make it very, very difficult for parents to be involved. Mm-hmm. They post school board meeting notices at the last minute they have to post the them. The last statutory minute. And, they have to and the meeting is at 745 in the morning when most parents have to get their kids to school and themselves to work. You know, the amount of it, or or it's, you know, 7 p.m. at night. and Space and, in the room. And you know. they won't let you in the right like it's just it's one obstacle after another and whether that's by design or or by accident it we already have a culture of distrust that has formed here and we aren't going to unify this community again if we don't all take steps towards fixing the things that breed distrust and one of the things that breeds distrust is lack of access to information so when you email a board member you email the trustees at Ian's ISD uh, email address which goes to all the trustees and Tom Leonard you don't get a reply and when you go to a school board meeting and you speak you don't get a reply and so as a parent whether you are sending them accolades or sending them a question, you're getting no information back at all. They're publishing the meeting notices at the last possible second. They're always at times when I need to be at work. I Every single time, if I'm there, it's because I've had to cancel a meeting mm-hmm. or cancel one of the community volunteer things I do mm-hmm. to be there, right? And so and so they make it impossible for parents to engage in this school district. And so when that happens... You've got parents who then sit back and say, what in the hell is going on? What are you hiding? Why do you not respond? And they will tell you it's because of open meetings laws. And they will tell you that that's why they can't respond. But that is not true. 
My father was a member of the Texas legislature for two decades. I worked in the attorney general's office. I know open meetings laws. If you write your state representative a letter, they will write you back. If you if you call a state senator's office and ask a question, they will call you back. It could be an aide. It does, but you're going to get an answer. You might not like the answer, but you're going to get an answer. In Ian's ISD, parents are not getting answers, so they want to know why parents are upset. They want to know why parents jump to conclusions that may or may not even be accurate. We don't have any information. Yeah, and 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 I think therein lies the main issue in the absence of information or where silent exists silence exists anyone can insert what they think is going on and this is the problem and it's really incumbent upon the school district to make itself accessible and to and to listen to the feedback this feedback other feedback it's so easy absolutely. to at least create an environment where a discussion can occur absolutely and you. let me let me say two things about that say whatever first of all if you talked earlier about everybody has a role, mm-hmm. the parents have a role and the schools have a role and the teachers and the kids, right? right. We all have a role. Yep. They are pushing the parents aside and and they are diminishing at best the parents' role. Mm-hmm. But the parents' role, if engaged properly, could be a very powerful tool for our teachers and a very powerful tool for our kids and to make our schools excellent again. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're shoving the parents aside. Except, or, mar- or marginalizing or them. Or marginalizing them. Yeah. Except for a small group of parents. And we now know through multiple public information requests, because again, you can't get information any other way, yeah. only through public information requests, and weeding through hundreds of pages, do we now know that the school board does respond? They just only respond to a very small yeah. group of people, yeah. and they live in an echo chamber, yeah. and that's a problem. So let's uh, let's shift here and um, move away from DEI for a minute, and let's talk about mission. All right, again, we're business people. Every business needs a mission. Yes. And it's something that you probably, like I do, uh, remind your employees of as pos- as you don't you know pull it down off the wall and read it once a month. You find ways to, in the middle of your the actions of your employees, you'll say, "Hey, we are a company that's about hard work, and you put in the hard work, and you got a result, and you're reinforcing these concepts of mission." Yep. And uh, Eans had a very simple mission uh, for uh, a long time, at least by my uh, research. Uh, the the one that was just modified, um, survived originally was uh, created around uh, 2004, 2005. I think it was an adopted, and one of the key things it had was educational excellence. Excellence, yes. And uh, the school has unquestionably achieved educational excellence. I mean, it just can't. It, it's it's the envy of so many other educational systems. Why do you feel that it had to be modified? What was it about um, changing the mission statement that, uh, again, the, the timing was right to do it now? And is it better? Um, is it, are you indifferent about it? What do you, what do you feel? Well, no, I'm not indifferent about it. I, 
once again, it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it needed to be changed. I think that this was a problem looking for or a solution looking for a problem again. Mm-hmm. I think that you're exactly right. You know, with my team and my business, I'm constantly, these are our standards. This is the mission. These are the things we're trying to achieve. How are we going to do them? How are we going to hold ourselves accountable to them? I think that removing uh, excellence from our mission statement, um, I think it was political. I think it was driven toward mediocrity because I think that there are some that are concerned that maybe not everybody can achieve excellence is something someone said to me when I asked a question about it. My response to that was, shouldn't we encourage everybody to reach their own level of excellence? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to have one definition of excellence, but we should be we should be encouraging individual excellence within each of our children, each of our teachers, each of our administrators. Um, so I, I hope to see the mission statement back to what it should be. I think it's pretty hard for Ean's Education Foundation to run out and say, we fund teachers and give us a bunch of money. Um, so we can achieve mediocrity, yeah. I, right? I mean, I think they because were— Those those teachers, those funds that they provide are absolutely pushing on the gas pedal for the for the district. Well, the funds that EEF provides, and, and I think it's important to be very clear about this, you know, they fill a budget gap. So it's great to say we fund teachers. That's great. That's good. Very good marketing. And it's quasi-true— but if you go to an Ean school board meeting and listen to Chris Scott, he will show you the budget, and he'll show you the numbers, and he'll show you where the EEF donation goes, and it goes to a general fund. It goes to a general pot. Hmm. It doesn't go to a pot that says teachers only. It goes to a general pot. So it's left pocket, right pocket. Left pocket, right pocket. And that don't get me wrong, we absolutely have to have EEF, and we need EEF to raise more money. The only way that's going to happen is if we build more trust, and well, quite frankly, rebuild trust, and then build more trust in this community. Because the problem is, when you got parents who feel pushed aside, marginalized, shut out, not responded to, and then you say, oh, by the way, I need a donation to EEF, and it's going to go into our general fund, that's a little problematic. Yeah, and that's is, a hell of a challenge that they've given the EEF team now. Yeah, which, um, which may be potentially funding indirectly or directly, uh, ideas and concepts that people aren't agreeable that necessarily should be there. Correct. How does um, how does one measure belonging? Uh, this was a this was a change in the mission statement. They changed uh, educational excellence to exemplary education. Probably saying that incorrectly, uh, but they want to create a sense of belonging for all. Uh, how how do you measure belonging? And, oh, that's a great question. And how does one know when it's been achieved? Well, that's a great question, but I think— Maybe you don't have the answer. I don't I, have I don't, the answer. I don't, I don't know how to measure belonging, but I think I think if I, if I had to say, do I—let's go back to what we've been talking about all along. There's so much connectivity and sense of pride in—I I go to Westlake, I live in Eanes— no matter what side you're on, right, mm, whether sure. you're on an Eanes Kids First side or some other group's, you know, side or no group, whatever, there's a real pride in each other and, and being in this community. Mm-hmm. And um, it really permeates 
you know, throughout, and it permeates, I think, outward, and I think that's why we are the envy of other school districts and that sort of thing. So I sort of feel like we, again, we've achieved it. Mm-hmm. I think the people in this community do feel like they belong in this community. And, you know, I think, you know, maybe a naysayer would say, well, there was this one kid that reported this or one kid that reported that. I would remind everybody that we are all, A, human, and we all mm-hmm. do make mistakes, and B, these are kids. Yeah. And kids are instinctually kids. And, you know, I was a kid once and I remember the kid that was, you know, the bully to everybody. And I remember the kid that was the wallflower that didn't say anything. And I remember the nerdy guy and I remember the right like kids are kids. Mm. And that's that's what happens. So, you know, the idea that we're not we're going to change human nature um, is, you know, silly. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it, it does feel uh, the new mission statement feels more uh, like a mirror. Uh, like a reflection on just how people are, and 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 you know when you say we want to be purposeful lives and have empathy and gratitude and compassion, I mean everyone wants that. Well, I think it everyone just, wants that, and for the most part, I think that is it, our it community. Yeah, it is who we yeah, are. I, I, that's why I'm, I'm I'm curious about why uh, why something so simple, uh, but but what it's done and is it's created an opening. Now we can drive through these other educational concepts, which may or may not even be education. Correct. And uh, so they, they sort of had uh, the the policy for um, inclusion and equity and, and whatnot, and that was something that the board kind of adopted a couple years ago. And then they acted on that with the consultant. And I think someone at some point said, whoa, hey, our mission statement doesn't is not in parity. That's right. It's not in parity with this goal. So let's let's open up the mission statement so now we can – we can drive this concept through it. Yep. While it, and that's why I think it's a, it's kind of a mirror of where it's at right now. It's it's a witness point of how the school has uh, shifted. I <laughs> think I think that's right. And then you know we got problems of brewing. You know it yeah. it has been coming for a while. I mean you can go back and pull. Linda Rawlings has been pushing this for a long time. You know through the district, and it's it's not just you know they use the letters DEI. Because who's going to really argue with, you know, Jennifer, do you support mm-hmm. diversity do, and, and equity and inclusion? Do you support clean water and happy babies? Exactly. Yeah. Well, of course well, I support uh, course. I support diversity. And of course I support inclusion. And I support the idea of equity and opportunity. I do. Yeah. I, don't, I believe in the equity of opportunity, not of outcome, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Everybody can go out for the football team. Yeah, they, but you've got to earn a spot. That's the equity of opportunity. You can all suit up, and we'll see who earns the spot. I'm good with all that. Yeah, right. I agree. But they're but they're not just pushing DEI. You know, th- there are critical race theory concepts being pushed. The Dr. Gooden, who got hired, is a critical race theory expert. I'm not making it up. Just go read his publications, and you mm-hmm. can find it for yourself. Do. Do the work. They always talk about the work. Well, you do the work. Do the work and go read what the man's published, and then let me know if you're okay with it. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. And um, now they're looking at hiring a curriculum consultant. I'm not even sure how that's legal since the state provides our curriculum, and they just passed legislation that said that we cannot teach CRT. Well, it's, but, it, but, Jan, it's different letters. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And watch. And by, while while we're talking letters, yeah. the other set of letters for parents to really keep an eye on is SEL because the social emotional learning. Mm. This I've sounds this, like, this oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to surround our kiddos in this safe and loving learning environment. But they're using that to then drive through mm. the content, which I will tell you is CRT. All right. Um, we'll have to shake that off. Yeah, we'll shake <laughs> that up. The budget. 
Yeah, uh, we we as parents, we do our responsibility. We're paying property taxes. Yep. Uh, obviously, we're pumping really out high property we're taxes. pumping out a lot of property taxes over here, and uh, you know I know it's a Robin Hood state, and it and the state redistributes it, which is perfectly fine, and and um, equity. It's equity. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, you know, it's actually the right kind of equity, right? Everyone, no matter where you're at in the state, you can go to a school that's getting the same approximate per capita, or you know, dollars per child dollars to do something with, but that doesn't guarantee an outcome. You still have to have excellent teachers and engaged parents and a great administration that's a steward Correct. over those dollars. Correct. Tell us about um, the issue with the budget. What's going are we solvent? Are you know where are the gaps? Well, what's what's the problem yeah, financially? Well the, from your view. So anybody who, you know, is bored or can't sleep sometimes should Tune in and listen. I think it was the March 2020 board meeting. Um, I think it was March. The board was basically told this district's about $4 million in the hole. And, um, you know, they kind of throw their hands up in the meeting. It's actually an interesting meeting to go back and listen to uh, with a glass of wine or two. Mm. Um, but anyway, but, but because of a few things, rising property taxes, which increased revenue, yeah. our district is ever – recruiting transfer students and taking every transfer they can get because it's extra money into their pocket. Mm. Um, oh, really? Which I think is a hot topic to discuss because there are a lot of parents. You've got a top 10% rule. So the more kids we're pulling in on the transfer thing, the, the, the more we're setting mm. our own Thins kids it up. Out. That's right. Mm-hmm. It sets our Thins own kids up for some yeah. problems. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, but, and I'm not I'm not taking That's a position another, either way. Yeah, That's yeah. another day and yeah. another subject. But, mm-hmm. but because of transfer students, because of because of rising property taxes, uh, because EEF has been successful, the budget is sitting at quote unquote balance. But if you look into the future, what's happening is that our board is budgeting on a hope and a prayer. Our board is budgeting that our taxes are going to continue to increase at a certain rate, and that they're going to continue to be able to get these transfer kids in. There's no. There's no plan. So in other words, hmm. if the bottom fell out tomorrow, tomorrow and our property taxes didn't continue to rise at this at the pace, you know, there, there's no plan. And we would be right back into our hole. And EEF fills the hole. Like I said, I mean, mm-hmm. we fund teachers sounds great. And, and I guess quasi they do. Yep. But but um, but we fund that hole. So, you know, I, I know the school board complains a lot about Robin Hood. I find yeah. that ironic since they've embraced equity, but yeah. um, they they complain a lot about Robin Hood. But I would say this to that: Robin Hood's been in place since like 1997, mm, I yeah, think, been, something like been, that. So I really don't want to listen to them complain about something that's been the law since 1997. I really want them to sit down and come up with recommendations and solutions. And I'm not an economist. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a finance person. That yeah. that's not my strong suit. Um, but I do know how to balance a budget sheet and run a business, and I know when you have to cut, and I know when you have to lean in, and I know yeah. you have to prioritize your dollars when the dollars are limited. And so if we have to prioritize our dollars and lean in and and, and, and be cautious and judicious about the way we spend our money, we shouldn't be dropping a quarter of a million on an idiot out of New York mm-hmm. teaching critical race theory, and we sure the hell shouldn't be adding a curriculum consultant to the yeah. CRT agenda. Are, are there, is there other spending uh, that you're aware of that's conspicuous like this? You know, probably. I mean, I didn't sort of brush up on my budget before yeah. I came in here, but yeah. I'm sure there is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure there's fat. 
I personally would like to see as much money go to our teachers as possible. Our teachers yeah. need a pay raise. We're behind on that. Mm -hmm. We've got a teacher morale problem. We've got a teacher retention problem. Mm -hmm. I think those come from two things. One, trust of the administration, fear of retribution, yeah. you know, um, and two, financial. I mean, this is a community where our teachers can't afford to live. Yeah. So, you know, we need to we need to be doing everything we can to put those dollars back into our teachers and back into our classroom. And I bet you if I took a hard look at the budget, I'd find lots of good stuff. To yeah. Cut. Yeah. Jen, tell us how a parent can get involved in Eans Kids First um, other than just giving you money. What what can they what can yeah do? well there's lots of people that are involved in Ains Kids First that that have never given money um, there's several ways to get involved the first thing I would ask anybody to do is simply to um, you know go on our Instagram it's available to anybody who wants to to find it we publish you know links to articles broadcast website uh, podcasts webinars these kinds of things uh, we did a series of community call uh, community coffees back in the spring, mm. free to attend. Oh, yeah. Anybody those can come. Mm -hmm. We'll start those up again when it's not freezing, mm -hmm. um, you know, and do community coffees where people can information share. Uh, we do have a Facebook group. It is now a closed group, but you can request to get in. Mm. And um, and then as long as, you know, we don't think you're going to threaten our home and our kids, mm -hmm. then, you know, we'll let you in. Stay civil. Stay civil. That's mm. all I ask. Um, please. And don't threaten people, please. Uh, the, and no cancel culture, then then you can join the Facebook group. And then we have the website. We'll soon have a newsletter. Uh, we have this podcast and we'll have some other things coming out. So mm -hmm. anybody that wants to get involved, it's it's not hard. And, you know, you can shoot me a note. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody, lots of people do mm -hmm. um, through, you know, any of those channels. And, you know, I get back to them as quick as I can, understanding mm -hmm. I also run businesses mm -hmm. and yeah. have children and um, I think so. I thought one one last question I I want to ask is um, how emotional is this for you, and and uh, how uh, how emotionally draining is this for you? I can tell you are an emotional emotional. It's emotional person. Tell us how it, emotional it is. Um, well, there's a array of emotions mm -hmm. uh, depending on the day. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, someone posted a picture of a child. Uh, on a public Facebook page back in the fall of 2020, and they thought it was my son. It wasn't my son, but they thought it was. Mm -hmm. And they said, this is Jen Stevens' son, and we need to retaliate against this child. Mm -hmm. And it just, that is unbelievable. And so I had to get my lawyer, get the post taken down, I called the sheriff. Mm. I said, you know, I just want this on the record because if someone does come after my son, then I, w I want you to know that this happened. Mm -hmm. They've published my home address and called for people to show up and let me know how they feel. Mm. They've attacked my business. I mean, I employ 10, 12 people. These are not just my lives being threatened if my business is ruined. You know, it's a lot of lives. Uh, they've threatened my clients to fire me. I mean, it's just been hmm. rough. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know who I am. I have an incredibly strong faith in God. And I can never look myself in the mirror if I quit fighting because I got intimidated. Mm -hmm. So when they attack my child, when they attack my home, when they attack my business— when they threaten 
when the cancel culture kicks in, you know, it just, it just, I double down. It shouldn't be this hard to be a mommy. It shouldn't be this hard to be a mommy. I really look forward to the day where I can go back to just my three buckets. Mm -hmm. I just want to go back to my, my philanthropy work, running my business, and taking good care of my employees, and I do a lot of mentoring and, and my family. I mm -hmm. want to go back to my three buckets. I don't want to – this is not like some lifelong yeah. goal. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to my three buckets, and I look forward to the day, and I think if we all keep working, we can get there sooner mm -hmm. than later. I sure hope you do. Thank you. Uh, it's been wonderful to have this conversation with you. Thanks for doing uh, it. Jenny. And um, good luck to you. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it very much. This podcast is brought to you by Ian's Kids First, ensuring that Ian's prioritizes our children's well-being, honors parental rights, and unites our incredible community. To learn more about our mission or to donate to our cause, please visit us at eanskids.com. That's E-A-N-E-S kids.com.